What a God we serve. What a mighty God he is. God just reminded me of something. Pastor Lord, I'll explain it to you after here. God just reminded me of something. Thank you. Fire in my bones. You've been praying, right? Hard, right? It's good training. Good training. When you go through things like that, there's nothing you cannot handle. When you go through trainings like this, there's nothing you cannot handle. So the day a major thing happens, you always know what to do. So, good training. One of the greatest things that happened to me when I got saved was I learned to pray. God surrounded me with people. I didn't know much in terms of the Bible, but I was surrounded with people who always wanted to pray. I didn't know much in the Bible. So, I was conjuring things. What helped me was there were a few books that I got in touch with. One of them was If I Be a Man of God by Archbishop Benson Dahosa. Then, Someone gave me Holy Spirit and you. Then, when God visits you. Then, later, I got in touch with Good Morning Holy Spirit. But prayer, every night, we're going to pray at a place in secondary school called Erogen. We're praying there every night. It is the best foundation you can have as a young person. To be a man of prayer. To know how to talk to God. And you know the beautiful thing? We are not gathered here praying for ourselves. We are praying that there will be a consuming fire among some of our friends and some of the people in our generation. Every time I speak, I speak of their generation. And not everybody can speak about a generation. It has to be given you to speak about and to speak for a generation and to speak to a generation. Because that's all I think about. I don't just think about myself. I think about my generation. I think beyond, you know, when, if, while I was in uni, I was thinking beyond the school. When I was in, in SHS, my final years, my final months of completion, I was, think, I was thinking beyond the school. I was thinking, in fact, my first preaching, I didn't even preach in my school. I preached in a neighboring school. I was so consumed with the fire of God that I wanted to see my generation, not just the people around me. If you are here in this church, I want, to, I, want to, I want to explain something to you. You are not called, you know, to play church. You are called to influence Ghana. You understand? So, you know, sometimes when people go to church, oh, this is my church, and what do they do? They just go and sit down. Oh, this is my church. Oh, this is my mother church. This is my... That's, then they come and sit down. Not every church is called to the city. Not every church is called to the nation. Some churches are called to the city. And the, all the impact they can ever make. Some churches are even called to an area. Yeah. And, no, and that's what is giving them. That's the truth. Some churches, all the impact they can make is within that, their area. Some, they can make impact in the city. Some can make impact in the nation. Some can make impact in the continent. Some can make impact in the world. So, as a church... We are not called to our area because people come from Tema to church. People from come from Kaswa to church. We are not called to the area. And you see some of our meetings. Though people come from everywhere, you can see that we are called to the nation. And more than called to the nation, we are called to a generation. 
So I want you to understand what's going on so that you understand the church in which you are. It's not, we are not playing church. We are here on a mission. I tell people that, I said, this church is a missionary church. We are here on a mission. We were sent by God to do something, and we are on it. Do you know how many, how many, how many churches around the world are looking up to us? We don't even know some of them. It is when we pull down the Numatica 9 video that we realize that there are churches that are glued to us, looking forward to the meetings we have. So I want you to understand that God brought us at this time as a trumpet of his purpose. So if we are not playing church. 95% of the people seated here, if you like, I'll, I'll do it as If your, your mother or father is in Christ's mercy, and that is why you are here, that's why you're in Christ's mercy. Let me see your hand. No, no, there are some here. There are some here. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. I see all of us here. Three people. Four. Four people. To show you what. No, it shows you something. That this is not, we are not here because. Me, my father is not in Christ's mercy. Neither is my mother. To show you that it, you know, you are here because it's a calling. It's, you, you are here because it's a move. We are not playing church. It's a move of God. God is doing something. If you enter the main church, that's our church. When you enter our church, the one I directly pastor, and I make this same call, you'll be shocked. 98% of the people have no affiliation whatsoever. No sister, no brother, nothing. You, you're in SDA. Yeah. <laughs> right? Do they see how you are shaking everywhere? The last time I heard her speak, I said, Ah! Shabalos. Wow! So, what am I saying? We are, we are not playing church. We are on a mission. God sent us here. Some of you might not feel sent. You see, you, you feel like, I, me, I know myself. I'm not sent by anybody. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh, I beg you. I know myself. I'm not sent to be anything. No, who sent me? Who sent me? Who sent me? No, you might not feel so, but you're actually sent by God. The day you were born, the angels gathered and they saw today. They, they were looking at today. You might not think you were, you were up to anything. You might, you might not think you were amount to anything, but the angels are looking and looking. Ooh, this girl is going to be like this. Then one day she's, she's going to preach the gospel. I mean, you, some of you think probably I, Pastor Enoch, when I was born, I was feeling a whirlwind. You understand? Escorted by angels to JSS. Look, see. Kindergarten, when they were taking you to school, you were crying. Me too, I cried. I'll put myself on the floor. I'll put I'm not going. The same thing. Me too. In primary school, my teacher beat me. Yeah. Do you understand? They, uh, me too, I went for PE. Me too, I went for PE. Do you understand? So, I, it's not some special... I didn't know I was sent. 
I was living normal. I didn't know I was sent. It was the day I met Jesus that he actually showed me that from the day I was born, I was a special agent sent from the heavenlies. I felt normal, but I was a weapon of my salvation. The same with you. You might not feel the way. Just listen to what I'm saying. Because me too, I had to believe something that was told me. I was told by the man who led me to cry. He told me that you, there's, there's something about you. God is going to use you. I said, God is going to use me? Do you know me? A badass nigga. <laughs> if, God, if, if, if God is going to look for somebody to use you, leave me alone. Can I use me? Nigga. But you see, when you are sent, you are sent. God will be chasing you like that because, you know, sent people, you know, God's investment in you is unique. There are some of you, you know, you, you, you naturally are probably a hasty person. When something happens, you're, you're hasty. You, you, you think it's a bad thing, you don't know God can use it. See, all the sent agents who are, you know, sent to do something and be something, they have a particular quality. Some of you probably are, are quite slow to act and you think, oh, it's a bad thing. You might not know that that is actually your weapon. You might think you don't know how to talk. And that's what God wants. I'm sent. I'm sent. I'm sent. When I look at myself, I look back. And I, sometimes I, I ask my parents, did you know I'll become like this? Did you know? So there's no strange story. Some people have strange stories. I, I don't care. And most of those people who claim they have strange stories about their bed, they end up doing nothing. Haven't you heard some of those people before? You know, when I was born, they said, <laughs> three Bibles fell beside me. Hey! <laughs> no. Normal guy. That's normal. Walking around. Thinking nothing. You know, some people have some strange stories. One guy told me point blank. So God told him he will be this, he will be a prophet, he will be this. Me, God didn't tell me nothing. As I, as I sat, sat down, I, I was wondering, why is God talking to this boy? God is not talking to me. We are in the same place. At least talk, let, let me eavesdrop. I'm sure you heard the story before. I said, I, I, I want to see Jesus. Because the guy said he has seen Jesus. I said, Jesus, if you have appeared to this boy today, me too, you will appear to me. That is how I carried myself into the erogen. Pale, 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 two hours, pale, colo, pale, pale, three hours, pale, colo, pale, six hours, pale, pale, seven hours. Jesus have not come. Pale, pale, ten hours. Jesus didn't show up. That's how I carried my tears. I said, Jesus. It's like, you are not interested in some of us. I was so disappointed, God. So I went to tell the guy, I said, ah, how did you see that Jesus? Because you say you. You were praying, Jesus appeared to you. Me, Jesus did not appear to me. What happened? The guy said, you know, as you were praying, I saw a light. I said, stop that thing you are saying. Stop that thing you are telling me. Don't tell me that. What light? <laughs> you see, we are saying something. You say you saw a light. You know, every day you are the one saying, what about me? Let me also see the thing. You know? I didn't see the light. 
Nothing happened. As I'm speaking to you, I'm his pastor. Yeah, I'm his pastor. He's in church now. I'm his pastor. <laughs> Looks like it's better not to see anything safe. So if you are here, you'll be wondering, God has not sent me because you're not seeing anything. Don't worry yourself. I'll show you what to do. Alright? Before we can have God as a consuming fire in our generation, the fire we, we want to see outside there will have to first of all be in our bones. That's where we come to this topic. The fire we want to see out there, it will have to be in us first. You cannot spread a fire that is not in you. You cannot spread a fire that is not in you. So now let's look at this fire that is in our bones. How is a man used of God? How is a man and lady used of God to, to the extent that this one you can see that the hand of God is upon this person? Jeremiah chapter 20. Let's go there. Let, let's, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 1 first so that you understand it. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me saying, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Are, are you here? Are you with me? Look, as you're sitting here, God is saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. The word sanctified means I separated thee. I mean, it, can, it will only take a separation from God for you to be here because some of your mates are asleep. It will only take this separation from God for you to be here because some of you, when you even talk to them about Jesus Christ, they don't want to hear it. But some of you, when we mention Jesus, the water works. You're already in tears. When we, when we start, when men turn away, you start remembering the Holy Ghost and immediately you start crying. Why? It, it can only take a separation from God for that to happen. Because it's not, it's not normal. Some of you don't know it's not normal. We, sometimes we look at people who are not saved and we wonder, why won't you just come to church? Like, come and enjoy God. Like, it, this thing is real. Come, you know, you want to even scream, but sometimes they can even follow you to church and they're just standing. But, but you are so excited about God and you're wondering, it means God has separated you. It's a miracle that you believe in Jesus. It's a miracle. You know, we count miracles. We think miracles are always people who are sick, who are healed. No, we think those are the only things that are miracles. That you can believe in Jesus alone is a miracle on its own. Because it's not common. Some people are trying to love God. They cannot. Some of them say, from today, I have changed. Then the next day, they are back. You know that? To, to show you that, it is not natural. It can only take the hand of God for that to happen. He said, before I formed thee uh, in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. The day God was telling me about my purpose. This was the scripture he gave me. That is why we have pastors from all around the world who follow me. But it says, I ordained a prophet unto the nations. Upe umpe, we will listen to me. Shalamakuskes. Verse 6. Then said I, Kaluske Palis. Now, some of you can identify yourself here. Then said I, you know, ah is not only trio. Jeremiah said, ah. Then said I, ah, Lord God. 
Behold, I cannot speak for I am a child. For I am a child. I'm a teenager. I'm a small boy. I cannot do it. Look at it. I cannot. Here was I, a teenage boy, and God begins to show me visions of how I was going to preach to many people. And I thought, God, not me. Jeremiah's own is that, ah, Lord, I'm a child. Someone will be, ah, Lord, I'm a fornicator. Someone will be, ah, Lord, I am this. Ah, Lord, I smoke. Ah, Lord. Jeremiah didn't know that God considered who he was before he called him. Sometimes we behave like God doesn't know. Some of the little things that probably we might have struggling, been struggling with, we behave as though God doesn't know. Now, as I say, God doesn't know that we have to tell him, God, you see, this thing, I, 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 you see, God, me, you see, it's like, it's like Moses t- telling God I'm a stammerer. Come on, come on, Moses. Let's be serious. God has been hearing you stammer all this while. So that means the time Moses was going to run his wife, he was stammering, and God heard it. And Moses was also a shepherd man. He was a shepherd. So all the time he was doing, you know, shepherd, you know, you have to do hi, hi, hi. So, so every time Moses was doing it, God knew. Are you listening? God knew that he was a stammerer. But yes, Moses, like, like us. Yes, Moses, coming to tell God his challenges when God is already aware of them. God considered his challenges. God considered who he was. He considered his problems. He considered that the guy could not speak. He considered that his English is not good. He considered that, you know, he, he has stage fright. He considered everything. He said, I ordained thee as a prophet unto the nations. But I understand Jeremiah. Because you see, anytime God calls you, it takes grace for calling. Bible says, by grace we're called. You see, it takes grace for calling. So I understand I understand. Anytime God genuinely gives you something, you will see it and you will say, God, I don't deserve this thing. Anytime you feel like what you got, you deserved it, it's not God who gave it to you. This is just by the way. My friend, Pastor True South, was telling me, I saw a video of him on his wedding day. He was crying when the wife was coming. Oh, Pastor True I know you're a hard guy. <laughs> he was crying. And, and you know, as the, 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 the wife was coming on the aisle with the father, the instrumentalists were not helping matters. They were playing, This is my soul, my savior. God, the lady was coming to me. I <laughs> saw so later, I asked myself, Pastor. Now, why are you to cry? He said, I don't deserve my wife. Kai, what a statement. That was proof that God gave it to him. The same way, anytime God truly gives you something, a calling, something, you always think, ah, look, when, when I was, I was, when I was like 19, I prayed for somebody to be healed of an asthma. You know what the girl told me? He said, God told her. At that time, I was not in Christ. He said, God told her that I'll be like Pastor Chris in Ghana. I I said, collect your healing. Collect your healing and leave me alone. Now, what big thing I come to say, please? I didn't didn't want to hear it. Because I look at myself. Oh, no, 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 I cannot. Hey, can't you see Pastor Chris? Oh, praise the Lord. I cannot. Me, I'm hard. 
You see? So, I looked at it and I was wondering, that, that's proof that God is talking. I said, ah, Lord, I, I cannot speak. I'm a child. Verse 7. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, come least. He said, Jeremiah, don't say it. Say not that I'm a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver this year the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. That's a prophet. The prophet does not say what he likes. He says what God puts in his mouth. Alright, now look at this. Look at this beautiful calling. Alright, go to verse 10. See, come on, this is what a calling. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Now, look at all these things that God said Jeremiah is going to do. So, at the time Jeremiah hears this thing, there's going to be this Wow, what a beautiful calling. This is a nice calling. Like, wow. See, I have set thee this day over the nations, Kai, and over the kingdoms. This looks like some big thing. Now, this is the calling that God gave Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 20. <laughs> and let's see something. Verse 7. Oh Lord, thou hast deceived me. <laughs> and I was deceived. Right down to this topic. Thou has deceived me. That's the topic for today. Thou has deceived me. You know, in verse 9, I want you to know what's going on. In verse 9, he now says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak more in his name. But his word was like, was in a heart, as a burning fire, shut up in my bones. And as well for burning, I could not stay. Now, the fire in my bones, alright, the fire in my bones, is verse 9. Before he got there, he said in verse 7, Thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Let me tell you something. You cannot be used by God if you cannot allow God to deceive you. Today, I'm teaching hard things. Oh! Me too. God deceived me. Because there is a necessary, you know, someone say, ah, but God is truth, so why are you saying deceive me? Okay. Now, I want you to follow very well what I'm teaching. Thou hast deceived me. And I was deceived. What does it mean? What's Jeremiah saying? Thou hast deceived me. It means that God told me things that look stupid. And I accepted them. When it means that the man accepted all the opinions of God. The man accepted everything God would say. He accepted every thought God would give him. That is the first place. If God is ever going to use a man, he will have to purge the man of his opinions, of his thoughts, of his mindset. So that that man will now pick God's opinions, God's mindset, God's words. Everything that God thinks is right is what a man will say is right. Why is he saying God? That was deceived me and I was deceived. Because the popular opinion is not what God will say. Everybody thinks that, hey, are you not stupid to be praying for hours? But God's, God starts pulling you, you in particular. He doesn't tell everybody, but all of a sudden, you just realize that there's something about you. Every time you are there, you feel like praying. So, everybody thinks you are stupid for always being at least Alex praying. 
But thou hast deceived me. And the key thing is that I was deceived. I have to be deceived. I have to be deceived enough to be foolish for God. No wonder people look at Christians and say that they, they, they are foolish people. They are blind people. Why are you giving your tithe? That was deceived me. And I was deceived. Because where in the world, that, that, where in the world do you give something and say you, you are rather received from your giving? It doesn't make any sense. That's deceived me. That's deceived me. There are days in my life I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, and it didn't look like anything was happening. It didn't look like anything was happening. I was praying. I was praying. Every night I was praying. My finances were not changing. Things were not changing about me. Things were not changing about my life. But that was it. As I kept going, sometimes I look back and it's as though, ah, but what's all this pr- prayer getting for me? There is a place you come to in God, if God is going to use you, that you don't pray for answers. You pray because God asks you to. Thou hast deceived me. And I was, I was deceived. There was a certain time in my life that I kept giving and giving and giving and I was not getting anything back. That was deceived me. That was deceived. The guy was told by God, Jeremiah, you are going to see, I have put thee up by the nation. And then, but the guy starts seeing something different. What's, what's Jeremiah saying? Ah, God, in Jeremiah chapter 1, you told me that I'm going to be big. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Now, in chapter 20, Jeremiah looks at his life. And it doesn't look like what was told him in Jeremiah chapter 1. At this point in time, Jeremiah has been put in prison. He looked. But Jeremiah chapter 1, he says, Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. That necessary foolishness. The Bible says, the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. Thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Who told us that we can say something we don't understand, and it is prayer? Thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Who told us that we can be in church on a Sunday morning? We can stay there. We stay there in the morning till evening. Sometimes, after communion service, we are now going home. People are thinking, don't you have anything doing? Thou has deceived me. And I was deceived. I cannot think anything again. It got to a time I could not think anything again. One day I was writing an exam. Many years ago, I was a fellowship leader. While I was writing the exam, I was remembering my members who have not come to church. I stopped the exam. I went to write their name down. When I finished, I'll call them. <laughs> I, went to call, I went to continue the exam. Oh, God. Oh God, what happened to me? What happened to me? I didn't used to be like this about God. What happened to me now? Something has happened to me. Thou hast deceived me. And I was deceived. I'm following God, John, John. I'm, I'm following God, John, John, John. Everywhere. They said meeting, I'm going for meeting. They said do this, I'm going, I'm doing it. I said, thou hast deceived me. And I was deceived. Thou hast deceived me. And I said, it is necessary to be deceived by God. It is necessary. It is necessary. In the eyes of the world, you are being deceived. In the eyes of the world, they think we are being deceived. They think we are being deceived by giving. They think we are being deceived. But take, for example, my giving of tithe. I've been giving tithe more than 10 years. If it was not working, wouldn't I stop by now? Why do you think you have sense than me? No, no. Why do you think you have sense than me? See how they bash churches on social media. They started with Lighthouse. Then they came to us. Now they are with Pentecost. But, but you know what? It shows that we're we actually big. What do you think? It shows we are big. You can look at the league of churches that they were, they picked epicities separately. They didn't say the whole country was we picked us and they were bashing us. They think we are stupid. It's fine, no problem. That was deceived me and I was deceived. Give it up for Jesus Christ. What does it mean? It means God, everything you told me, I believed it. 
Everything you told me about giving, I believed it. Everything you told me about prayer, I believed it. Everything you told me about worship, I believed it. Everything you told me about coming to church, I believed it. So I don't miss services. Everything you told me about following my leader, I believed it. Everything you told me about winning souls, I believed it. God, thou hast deceived me. And I was deceived. This is where it starts. This is where it starts. This is where it starts. Pastor Claude, you see over here, in his family, nobody is called by God. Nobody. If you see his sisters, the anointing will come upon you. Very beautiful damsels. Wow. Wow. And, and you see some of his brothers. Thou has deceived me. But come on. Nobody, there's nobody called by God. So you can see that his life was not coming close to anything being called by God. One day I think you need to share how God reached you with them. And you need to share it because the last time you were telling me about how you had questions, you know, you were nearly an atheist. So God went into that family. God went into that family. There's nobody called by God there. He has to look for one person and deceive him. <laughs> he has to look for one and deceive him. That is why it looks as though God always calls fools. It looks as though God always calls fools because if you are wise, God can't call you because you ask too many questions. And God doesn't like that. If you ask too many questions, you say, okay, I'm coming. Hmm? You know some guys, when they see a girl and they are talking to a girl and the girl is stretching to my child, I'm coming, I'll see you later. He goes to another one. Like, no time to waste. Because you are, you are, I'm talking. You are, you are doing, all right, you know, I cannot give you my number. You know, why, why, why am I giving you my number? So, so give me your number. Why am I giving you a number? You know, don't call me. Only text at 1126. I tell you, I'm coming soon. I'll be, I'll be with you. I have to look for another, another person to deceive. Thou has deceived me. It means that God's opinions, God's thoughts of you, see, everything that God wants to be God wants to do with you. You have gotten into it. If God is going to use you, you will have to subscribe to everything the scriptures say. That's the meaning of that thing. Oh Lord, thou hast deceived me. And I was deceived. That was number one. The second one is, thou art stronger than I and hast prevailed. I feel the anointing of God. Thou art stronger than I. God is this. How closer now on the highway through the darkest nights behold my hand Jesus you guide my way. 
Oh, you walk with me and you dance. For my heart of hearts is bound to you. Through the valleys, Lord, I feel no evil. By the wonders still my soul. I walk closer now on the highway Through the darkest nights Will you hold my hand? Jesus, guide my way Oh, you walk with me and you dance my heart of heart is bound to you through the valleys. Bible trust. Let me explain this side. Thou art mightier than I and has prevailed. I'll use a story of mine to explain it to you. Give me a chair. Let's put it here. So I remember. So I remember 2000 and I think it was 14, 2013. So I, I told myself I was going to, during that time, you know, right from 2010, 2011, I was preaching, I was a fellowship leader, I was doing many things for God, 2012. In 2013, I said I was going to stop ministry. Not fully, but I wanted to do business. Now, there's nothing wrong with business, but for me, as God will have it, ministry will always be ahead. For some people, God might have it that business is ahead. So don't start thinking I'm saying business is bad. No. For me. So I got into business big time. I was making the money. I was making the money. I was making money every time I was excited. My bank account was, you know, going up. Figures were getting up. I was distracted from ministry now. I hardly even saw my members. I just come to church and I was just, you know, 
So, one day I came to church. You know, during those times, you know, some of you probably, you know, there was a time the name Irokos, you know, out there. So, I was getting known to in music. Music was not really a thing I wanted to do. It just, I just found myself, it just blew up and I just loved it. Money was coming, so I just enjoyed it. You know, I, so, sometimes when I'm coming to church, you know, you know, I'll, I'll dress a certain way, you know, because I was getting known, you know. So, I met a lady in front of church one day. And she knew me right from 2011. And how I had crusades and I had meetings and people would be healed. So she saw me. said, how are you doing? I said, I'm fine. We're going for a meeting. I think it was, one, it was pastor's birthday or so. And she said, I've been seeing like now Iraq everywhere. Then I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, glory, uh, glory to God, you know. And she said, but I don't think this is you. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, you are a man of God. This is not you. I ignored what she said in front of her. I was like, we'll meet, we'll meet, we'll meet. But as I was going, what she said was ringing in my head. You're a man of God. 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 That was one. Then another time, was on Facebook. I posted a picture. Someone commented. Wow. The great rock star. Then someone came to reply his comments. No. He's not a rock star. He's an apostle of God. Then. One day. I was sitting on my bed. At this time. I had made a lot of money. But I was frustrated. It's like something was not... Something was missing. I was making the money, but something was missing. I was on my bed. Then I heard God speak to me. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget it. I heard God speak to me. Love not the world, nor the things in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Oh God. Then I remembered that I had left my first love. That's where that scripture comes in. When I was sitting on the bed, I cried. I cried. And I stood up. I said, God, I'm not doing it again. I took the monies I had made. I shared it to people. What had happened to me? 
Thou art stronger than I and has prevailed. God doesn't do this with everybody. There are some people when they are going wayward, God tells them you are going wayward. They don't mind him. That's it. There are some he prevails over them. Thou art stronger than I and has prevailed. This is talking about yieldedness. Yieldedness. No matter what in my life, I always maintain that soft spot for God. Sometimes, I have found myself trying to make certain decisions that I know that this one, God might not approve of it, but I just want to make it. While I'm trying to make it, then the voice of God will come strong to me. No, do it the other way. Sometimes I can't even sleep. Thou art stronger than I and has prevailed. There are times I've sat in service and God says, give everything you have. Then I've said, no, 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 no. Before I can say, Jack, I'm already outside giving it. Thou art stronger than I and has prevailed. There cannot be fire shut up in your bones if God is not stronger than you. There are some people, you know, they try to, you know, impose themselves on God. My story is very unique to me. I don't know about you. But in your life, is there anything God has ever said that overruled everything that you ever thought? One thing I know about myself is that it doesn't matter what I'm thinking or what I like or what I love. Once God speaks to me, Lord, thou hast deceived me and I was deceived. Then Jeremiah said, thou art stronger than I and has prevailed. I understand Jeremiah because what happened to him happened to me. Once God says, I have put my hand on you, sometimes you are like, no, I'm going to do something else. By the time you realize you are back in the house of God. God does not want me to backslide in peace. By the time I'm trying to go back, there, a certain roommate will speak about Jesus again. Somebody will be inviting me to church again. Then the day I came to church, the pastor was preaching about me again. I remember again. I was in a service. As I sat down, Pastor B was preaching. Listen, what he was preaching had nothing to do with crying. As I was at the back, as though somebody has beaten me. I cried. I cried. I cried. I cried. I asked God, I said, God, what do you want from me? I remember when a bus from Bogatanga. This is 2017. 16 or 17. I think 17. When a bus from Bogatanga. So we went to have a crusade there. So we went with him. So we're coming back. So while we're coming back in the bus, we got to Kumasi. Holy Ghost said, come down. Come what? He said, come down from the bus. Hey. I tried to sing it off. Because we finished the crusade on Saturday night. Sunday morning met us on the road. 
So we had to have church in the bus. I'm the one who preached in the bus. So I tried to use that to escape. I said, no. Ha! What has come down? My heart was so heavy. It's like, it's like a fight inside. Oh Lord, thou has deceived me. Thou has deceived you. Then at this point, thou art stronger than I. It was about to happen again. He's telling me to come down in Kumasi. Who am I going to? And the money on me was not much. Because we all knew we are going back to Accra. So my money is to get me from Accra to my house. I got to Kumasi. So, while I was sitting down in the bus and was getting, it was getting, the voice was getting stronger and stronger and stronger, the bus driver parked. Nobody's coming down. He has parked. Who will get down? I'm not joking. No. Who will get down? Mind you, my phone is off. Who will get down? Who will get down? My heart. Boom, 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 boom. Who will get down? Boom, boom. Get down. I'm hearing the voice. Get down. Get down. I'll get down. Everybody started looking at me. We know you are. You live in Accra. What are you doing here? I got down. Picked my bag. All right. See how stupid I look. Oh, see how stupid I look. I look. I've now gotten down. Okay. Okay, God. I've now I'm down. I'm down. What? No voice. <laughs> Thou has deceived me. No voice. One hour, no voice. So I took my things. My phone is off. There was a Baba day. I told him, um, my phone is off. I want him to charge my phone for me because I need to call somebody quickly so that he can help me and where I'm going. So he was skeptical in the beginning, but later he did it for me. I was just sitting down. I slept. For another one hour. I woke up. No voice. But my phone was charged. So I remembered some people I know in Kumasi that I'm going to call them. So I called Dr. Caleb. I called Caleb. He was one of my boys. But he was practicing a pharmacy in, in um, Kumasi. So I called Caleb. I said, Caleb, I need to know where you are. Like, I need to, because now I'm already here. I need to find a place at least I can spend the night or something. He said, okay, sir, um, sir, I'm going to write an exam, but, you know, when I finish the exam, I'm going to come, then I'll come and pick you, then when I go, good. He went to write the exam. He said, I should call him back in 40 minutes. At this time, this Baba is getting fed up with me. I call him in 40 minutes, phone is off. My phone is off. This phone is off. I was so shocked. I was like, my own boy. Okay, God, what do I do? You told me to come down. Then, I picked the phone. Then I remembered, my mother has a brother in Kumasi. That's my uncle. He's in Kumasi. 
Okay, okay, okay. So I called my mom. I said, I need your brother's number. Like I'm in Kumasi. I would like to go and see him. I need a place to be. <laughs> because there's nothing I can do. I got I called him. Uncle, hey, today you have called me. Today you have called me. Hey, hey, you never called me. I said this one. I'm about to talk plenty. Where are you? Let me ask you. <laughs> so he told the, the taxi driver where he was and all that. So they took me there. I got there. I want to put my things down. Ooh, finally, finally, when I laid down, God said, <laughs> So move your things. You are going to so so and so to go and pray. If you know Kumasi well, Upukuwari, right? Where Upukuwari is, there is a Roman Catholic seminary inside the bush. What pains me is the phone I was using that time. I recorded everything that happened. I lost that phone. So I can't show people what happened. I walked. I got there. I took my things. I went inside. All right? So I asked, I called someone. Where is this place? Where is this place? Where is this place? He said, it's at Santasi. Okay, good. So I went. So Prosper was the one who helped me with directions. I got there. Then I went inside. I passed by Pokuwari School. Now, where I was walking, the way, as they were directing me, this was a forest. Very risky. So I took my phone and I started singing. I put on the torchlight. I started singing. I was taking videos. Like, I would tell my story. I'll tell my story. You know, as I was taking videos, I was just going, just going. I got to the seminary. I didn't have money to pay for the place. So they gave me a place that is, I'm literally in the bush. I was there for four days. But guess what? Those four days is when God showed me everything I'm doing now. Everything I'm doing now. How we're going to shake Ghana. How we're going to shake the world. Those four days. Day and night. One of those four days, Jesus appeared to me. Thou art stronger than I. And that's beautiful. Lift your hand and let's pray.